Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Need a relief from the wildly polarizing backlash of the last Star Wars movie? Listen as our hosts argue about a middle-of-the-road experience and help you find your footing before the next one. Along the way, you'll get spoilers for Solo, The Force Awakens, and Rogue One. Hey, you guys. Have you seen the Star Wars movie that sunk the Star Wars story movies forever? (laughs) Think it's forever? Is that it? No, no. They put him back into production. Already? Yep. Mangold's doing his uh, thing. I'm sorry. Who's doing what? <laughs> you're the you're the fanatic, Liam. You should I'm the this. fanatic. What, 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 what are you dishing out? Well, it's been a while since uh, Solo, a Star Wars movie, came out in theaters. Uh, but everyone here tonight did go and see it right when it came out. Patrick's here; he saw Solo. Yep, I'm here. I saw it. Tyler, you were there. Yeah, uh, I was there. Yeah, didn't you see Solo, a Star Wars story? Yeah, not with Patrick. Oh, you weren't with Patrick. Yeah, we were we were there in spirit though. We saw it around the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You remember mm-hmm. when you were sitting on that cliffside and you put your entity next to Patrick in the theater? Oh, I get it. It's a Star Wars this, no. callback. Remember? No, I, I did not force project. Him. Did not force project into oh. the theater. Mm-hmm. I saw it, Sorry, I saw it in Aberdeen. Right, yeah. Right after seeing Kurt Cobain's house. Yeah, Josh and I went and saw Kurt Cobain's Child at Home and then we watched Solo. No, th- we went and saw us home after Solo. Yeah. It's quite a day. <laughs> yeah. that's, the re- that's the only reason they were out there. Liam is here. Did you see Kurt Cobain's house? <gasps> no. Childhood home. No, a childhood home, yeah. That's n- it's not, it's n- yeah, it's not a later home. No, but did I you see, see Solo, it. a Star Wars story? I saw Solo, a Star Wars story opening night. So mm-hmm. I feel like let's just go ahead and cut to the chase. It's been a, it's been a while. This is a late episode. You're mm-hmm. the resident fanatic, we always say. Resident fanatic. What do you think of Solo, a Star Wars story? Uh, I give a couple thumbs up to uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Man, like you're it. just insatiable. Uh, Can't get no. enough, are you? No, here's the thing. A glutton um, for punishment. It's not here. true. <laughs> but but that said, I mean, it's I not did. true. You can get enough. <laughs> no, I I could get enough. I got enough of Rogue One. Oh, oh, that's man. right. He Rogue One so. is the best of the new Star Wars movies. Liam is speechless. You should see. He's, he's, he's very without upset about that. Um, Rogue One is yeah. clearly the best. Yeah, he might be right, Liam. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's wrong. Oh, oh, dang. Well, you put it like There's, that. How about that rebuttal? <laughs> he's got to go. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. How do, how do I argue with that? You can't. Wookie. That's how you argue with it. Done. Uh, so what? You, what? 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 You liked this more than Rogue One? Yep, I liked it more more than Rogue One. Mm. I like the characters more. That's just not right. You just hear. I don't know. There's just so much more follow through. There's more that can be done with it. Uh, more beloved characters, uh, getting to see their origins. And I think it's just just a lot more of a a link to it rather than uh, people in Rogue One that just show up. To disappear. You're a character man, aren't you, Liam? I'm a character. I think they're <laughs> characters. Yeah, they're the best. Do you? I like if if you're constructing a tier, you know, tiers of things that are valuable to you. Um, of all the pieces that make up a feature film. Yeah, you know. Which like of these pieces are most valuable? If you're arranging, let's let's go with Star Wars and some of the components that have to work and and often do or do not work in various degrees. In Star Wars, yeah. Films. So yeah. let's let's take characters, story, and then uh, overall directorial aesthetics. You know what I mean? Meaning like the feel, the look, the vibe, 
versus the actual what's on the paper, the story that goes from point A to point B versus the likability of the characters that populate that story? Well, I think that, I mean, Star Wars is special in that, I mean, as far as, I mean, I guess we'll call it the, the Skywalker saga is unique in that it set the, the tone for what was much so much more than just a sci-fi picture. Um, and what what I feel makes a Star Wars movie is, uh, you know, an ensemble cast um, and, I mean, obviously outer space, but you have uh, these two components that uh, are unique to Star Wars, and those are uh, the Force, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, whether or not certain people can have access to it or will they witness it, it's something special. Um, but uh, the second thing is lightsabers, Wow. If you don't have those two things in a Star Wars film, I think it's lagging. Is so is therefore solo a Star Wars story lagging? Absolutely. And that I don't think you can call a Star Wars movie a Star a Star Wars movie without those two. You points. got zero force. You got and you zero got, force. You got a, a you video cha- a video chat with some lightsabers. Yeah, it's a cameo lightsaber. Yeah, just just barely illuminated. I mean, you can take the Paul Bettany character with his little knife things, maybe, but like, like you you really got to have those two things. Otherwise, it's just an action movie, and that's what I think a so- solo a Star Wars story is is a good you know kind of sci-fi action movie. So I I remember in our discussion about Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, there was a bit about how far can you stretch a premise that is rich in creativity, but that once you start to roll it out again and again uh, uh, over subsequent movies, the limitations inherent in the richness of that idea become mm-hmm. increasingly evident. Um, sure. How do you feel like it's possible to continue to, if the Star Wars universe is like a big wad of dough, how, how thin can we roll that dough out before it's just... You know, like, d- I guess what I'm getting at is that there are no, st- since there are no lightsabers or force in Solo, it seemed to me like an inevitability. At some point, we were going to have to start exploring reaches of the galaxy that did not involve the force. Or, you know, even from A New Hope, there's this premise that, like, at that point, the Jedi religion was all but forgotten. There's, like, two guys left who are pursuing it. And it's a big old universe. So it stands to reason you could have uh, any number of stories that have nothing to do with the Force or with Jedi or with lightsabers. That's Certainly, true, but still the legend of it. You can still speak of it, and that's what there was. A no, you can. I'm just saying, like, do you think that we can keep cranking out movies to this degree with and cramming the Force and lightsabers in them, especially if there's something special about both of those things? I think I feel that we can, and the, I also feel that we should. Um, but as far as like the dough getting pushed out, like when when you say that, I think. Um, how far can we push the like the force and the capabilities of the force? Like, can you do force projection? Can you manipulate manipulate what people think from across the galaxy? And so, for that's where I think it's kind of like eh, you're kind of pushing it just to make the story bend to your whim. And that's I don't think that's necessarily as fair. Even though you did like last year, I did like it. Like I was I was entertained by it, but I was like, eh, like how much further are we gonna go with this pizza dough? Like how much. How much crust are we compromising? Crust, mm. We need crust. Sounds to me like what you're asking for is some prequels because you know what has a whole <laughs> lot of force and a whole lot of lightsabers? I mean a crap ton of lightsabers. Clone Have you seen Wars. Clone Wars? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Attack of the Clones. Dude, yeah. Liam loves those. Loved them. Best animation since 
DuckTales and Batman. The cartoon, the sure, but what about Attack of the Clones? Now you got the no, that's the worst. The gladiator sequence, that's, <laughs> that's like that's the worst. Dozens and dozens of a hundred lightsabers all over the place. Um, but does, here's the thing, Billy the Squid Head. Do you think that this is a standard <laughs> yeah. you can't really hold to Han Solo because Han Solo is the character among all of these? Jedi who chooses not to carry a lightsaber or use the force. He's just kind of the cowboy running around with these he don't give a force-enabled people. So for a solo movie to come along and have the force and a bunch of lightsabers, it would feel weird. He ain't got no midi-chlorians. He just wants his pistol. That's I mean, it. All the, all the fans vest. wanted their solo story. They got it. And look, I mean, look how well it's performed. Did we? Did anyone want a, a young Han Solo movie? I, I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. I, I feel yeah, yeah, as though... You know, the it feels to me like Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm are frankly a bit out of touch on what makes for a good at this point. Uh, it seemed promising with Force Awakens, but they're like, you know what fans want? They want to know about Han Solo's young life. Like, wasn't he already young? I think yeah. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just that Han Solo is a very likable character. I know. People it really just feels like so freaking safe. People really, really like him. So they but, thought, oh, let's just do more Han Solo. What What other movie can we make? How about the Death Star story? No, for the love of God, we already heard that ten different times. Oh, how about an Obi Wan story? Hasn't he been in everything? Or like, how about Boba Fett? Boba Fett's done his thing, man. He yeah, flew for a second and fell. No, no one cares about <laughs> Boba Fett. Yeah. He looks great. We already saw him look cool. Mm -hmm. I feel like they, you know, the the (laughs) bravest things that they have in development are a new trilogy that's not connected to anything. Right. And the freaking, I don't know what they're doing with those Game of Thrones guys to make it even more. I'm interested, yeah. I'm interested to see what they can put together. But this idea of being like, you were, were, did you ever wonder how Han and Chewie met? No, I didn't actually. Well, here it is. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Speaking of, how did we all feel about the way that Han and Chewie met? Liam? That was dumb, Liam. I don't think it was necessarily dumb. <laughs> Throw him in with the beast. Yeah, I was just, yeah. I guess well, that didn't You just know right that. then, and there's like, oh, okay, it's going to be, that's how they meet Chewie. Let me be fair. It wasn't the the, it, the beast part and Chewie being a prisoner. That was fine. When Han spoke Wookiee. Conveniently. That yeah, was bad. I felt like that. That was bad. That was a little weird. Yeah, when well, he vocalized just, the, the yeah. Wookiee throat sounds. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? He just started doing that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that, I didn't care for that, and I didn't care for how Han Solo got his name. I was just like... That was the worst. That was bad. I was like, what? That's it. Hmm, Solo. Okay. This yeah, whole they gotta time, stop his forcing name is a that. daggum pun. Like the, I just thought he had an outer space name. we got to stop forcing that into movies. They did that with Rogue One, too. Yeah, like, oh, we're... What's your call sign? Rogue what? Tyler, if you do not yeah. stop complaining about the Rogue One call sign, <laughs> that was totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> Just toss it, just toss it on in there. But yeah, it was similar. Well, whatever. The first thing that comes to my head is the significant <laughs> title of this movie. There's a long line behind this guy, uh, Solo. We'll call him Solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just all right. Get him through. I, get him through customs. I rolled my eyes so hard it gave me a migraine at that part. Yeah. But I got to say, overall, with Liam, uh, I didn't dislike Solo. I thought it was pretty fun, little movie. Like as as a movie action, you know, sci-fi yeah. movie goes, it's it's a good time, man. It was fun. It does play like a movie that had a troubled production. Yeah. yeah. It does. Yeah. It felt like it was yeah. kind of, at the end of it, you're like, oh, that was fun, but why? And yeah. what was yeah. the point? Well, that was the big question for Rogue One, if we're going to use that as the precedent for these uh, Star Wars story films. Sure. People were asking, why make Rogue One? And the reason for Rogue One is because it was filling plot holes from A New Hope. 
Yeah, one one big one in particular, and it yeah. was helpful. It made sense. And it was great. It 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 enriched the the storyline of the other films. And I think that we could all agree it makes sense that it was made. It worked. Uh, Solo. We could all agree. So <laughs> you're saying <laughs> we could all agree. To be fair to these non-Star Wars nerd types, like us, like Tyler is a huge Star Wars nerd. You're talking about the fact that they retcon to say that the flaw in the Death Star was specifically engineered by a traitor. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so why did they make Solo? When the movie ends, you you get a few pieces of information that do apply to the greater Star Wars storyline that are kind of interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he unknowingly funded the rebellion. That's pretty interesting. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's that's cool. He's yeah. historically connected to the rebellion. But you come out of that and you think, well, that's is that it? That's mm-hmm. what we got. So necessary. A, I guess it's cool. We have a backstory about Han Solo, but he mm-hmm. di- he died in the in the last one. He's gone, man. Yeah. He's gone. He got He's old. dead. We've already yes. Yeah, so we've, we've, moved, we've moved on. What is what? What good is this information to us now? To me, I think uh, you're right. Rogue One does make the whole universe a little richer. But when they said it was uh, Gareth, right? Gareth Edwards. Yeah. yeah. To me, that what they were saying we're going to try to do the Marvel thing and put these out every year, but we're going to expand and we're going to get different directors with different you know, visions. So it's not just the same thing every time. And Rogue One did feel a little bit like that. You felt like this is a different Star Wars movie. And I thought that they kind of wussed out with this. And I don't know what the production problems were, but they had those, uh, the Lego movie guys <laughs> directing it. And then they're like, oh, this is whatever happened. They Let's wouldn't get in, in line. They had to get fired. Yeah, for whatever reason. Then they called in Ron Howard, who's going to make the most quintessential Star Wars movie. And then it just feels the like, yeah, yeah. That's not that's not what we want. We want. I feel like, like what a waste. If you're gonna get Ron Howard to direct a Star Wars movie, just have him from the beginning. Like let yeah, him. Like, make, it must be episode. frustrating to get so inherit a mess and then yeah. do the best you can with it. Sure. But, but we don't need that. We need something done, different. Yeah. We need something that's a different vision, a different story, not the same. Oh, same Star Wars thing over and yeah. over. Ron again. Howard's great. If someone would tell is. you, like, oh, the guy who made freaking Willow and Cocoon and Beautiful Minds can make a Star Wars movie, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, but first the Lego guys were doing it and it's a mess. <laughs> and then he got it and it was half done and he had to start over. I think over. the closest he's been to a Star Wars movie is just Apollo 13. Yeah, that was great. Huh? Yeah, great Apollo 13 is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the only thing about embellishing Han Solo's backstory to me in this movie that felt like, oh, that's actually a really interesting thing to learn about his character and it helps us understand who he is and how he got to be the person that we love in the in A New Hope is the scene that it explains without over-explaining how he became the guy who shoots first um, when he has the shootout with Woody Harrelson's yeah. character. Yep. Yeah. He's learned at this point that like people will double-cross you, but he still has this good heart. And there's a scene, and I thought it, the movie had been so kind Trying of... Trying to give you empathy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had yeah. been cliche to a degree that I was fully expecting it to have some kind of line in there, like, always shoot first or something like that. And I'm yeah. like, man, don't... But they, they showed yeah. some restraint in that scene. Yeah. But we, the you know fans of the franchise, would be like, oh, I get it. Like, he now he's the guy that's B.A. and he'll he's right. learned to just do it. I'm like... That's cool because he starts as this kind of naive, impressionable, you know, like wide-eyed, love-struck, yeah. yeah, gawky guy. And every now and then that actor did a decent impression of Harrison Ford. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of yeah, just took the idea and made it his own. He did the finger thing occasionally. That was yeah, good. getting close, leaning over and pointing his finger in people's faces. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't bad. I didn't mind him doing it. Yeah, at least well cast. At the end of the movie, I was oh, that was yeah. Like, the way he held his pistol was very. Console. Yeah, he looked mm-hmm. at a poster and studied it for a while. He yeah. looked at a coffee mug. I gotta <laughs> hold it up at an angle, crouch down a little bit. I, I can do pose. that. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I read somewhere that Harrison Ford personally gave him his seal of approval after seeing the movie. Witness. That's nice. Yeah, and that, true. that guy doesn't seem like he's fond of giving compliments. Frankly, so. he seems like a rude old codger <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> he's he become mean. quite... Yeah. yeah. He's unruly. How do we feel about um, Darth Maul showing up? I was just confused as balls. Yeah. That <laughs> what is the timeline on this? <laughs> this is exact. And listen to this. Uh, yeah, Four Rogue One, right? Yeah, I've I've yeah. watched that cartoon, Clone Wars. Yeah, and in the cartoon, Darth Maul's resurrected. He gets robot legs. That's the piece of information that I'm sure the vast majority of the population did not have. Well, that's right. what I'm getting at. Is that I had that information and I was confused because yeah. in my mind I'm going. They can't possibly expect anyone to know that. That the animated movie is canon, and they, if you want yeah. to understand all of the, yeah. the storyline here, you because better go watch a, it. It's such a huge stretch to assume that ever, no, everyone in the audience is inevitably going, wait, how's he alive? And then they're going, so is this before the prequel? Because how old how is old he? Is <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I agree. I think, well, even with that, I wish they did something more a little bit with that Darth Maul cameo. They should have done something more uh, discreet, a la like Thanos in um, the first Avengers, where you don't necessarily know who he is. Like, they should have kept the hood up over Darth Maul. Yes, yeah, so it's so a little, little more subtle, was, and you're like, oh, I think that could have been Maul. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he, he very purposefully took the hood off. Yeah, and lit and up. Why was he him. lighting his lightsaber for his FaceTime <laughs> call? <Yeah>. Remember? Remember, <laughs> guys? I still got it. Here it is. So, here's a funny, awful anecdote about it. I read an interview <laughs> with Ron Howard where he said that the screenplay just said boss and that they had not populated that oh, role really? with the character until they got to it, and they're like, it has to be someone... We want to make fans get excited. So you put them in there during editing? So they Did decided in editing to make it Darth Maul. Oh, that's lame. Um, and it was reprised by the gentleman who played him before. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Ray that Park. guy got a phone With call he never expected in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't his and, uh, Really? And then uh, they shot the whole thing, you know, and put him in there because obviously it's just a little CG hologram. And they said that still people were like, so what? Wh- right. Who is it? So they made him. Then they went back and added the lightsaber into it, so that it would remember? be very clear. That it's remember the lightsaber? <laughs> at that point, they should have known. Never mind. Yeah. Just name at that idea. point. I'm Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> or Maul. He can't be Darth. You anymore. thought I was dead. He can't. Okay. Yeah, he's, he lost his Darth. Time. This Here is such I a bummer. Like that's that was their Vader moment. You know, like in Rogue One, you're like, oh my gosh, there he is. That that was supposed to do the same thing, and where everybody's like. Wait, what? That yeah. Vader moment was like standing ovation stuff. This Darth Maul yeah. moment was looking down the aisle of the theater to see if anyone else understood what was going on. <laughs> yeah. and that's the first People thing we said whispering. when we came out of the theater. Like, so where is this in the timeline? Because yeah. this makes no sense. Yeah. 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 Somebody was saying online that you can see his robot legs, and I'm like, I only saw it once, but I'm like, I didn't see any right. robot so legs. Right. So the the way that the story plays out for those of you who are listening and still haven't had a friend whisper to you the timeline. Is that Darth Maul was cut in half by Obi Wan Kenobi? By Obi Wan during the Phantom Menace, and he fell down that giant pit. 
And you thought, oh, he's a goner for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the two halves of his body are clinking around inside of that yeah, giant bouncing off hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> feet of free falling. You know? uh, he survived. He survived. He got some metal legs. And uh, he apparently was shunned from the the the, the bad Sith. the bad guy. The what are they? The Sith Lords. <laughs> Darth Sidious. Darth Sidious. Because there's only two Sith at any given moment, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, we already replaced you. We thought you were." You can't do anything with those robo legs, right? Yeah. So he got some robo legs, and then became the boss of a crime syndicate called the Crimson Sun. Yeah, right. which is you know, clever because he's all red. Yeah, bag, bag, red guy. And so, um, and so the crossover makes sense when red you realize yellow, that Han Solo is working with all these criminals, and so they're connected to Darth Maul. I get it; it's great, but th- there's no explanation there. The last that we saw of Darth Maul was bouncing around in that pit. You know what it feels like? It feels like that wasn't the plan, and they came up with it at the last second. It didn't make a ton of sense. Oh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a good plan and they just went for it it's almost like this mov- ma- movie production was a tad messy yeah. what you guys yep. think of uh, Childish Gambino being uh, Lando yeah Donald Glover is a very charismatic um, entertaining actor but his his performance was so flat how did they how did they take such a charming human being and just make him so uninteresting it seems to me like it's the same phenomenon as the Han Solo. It's not that this gentleman playing what's his name? I gotta look it up so I start saying it right. That played Young Solo. Um, he's got an interesting name, right? It's uh, Alden. I don't know. I don't even. Liam, do you want to try? Oh, Al. Arenric. 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 Someone complained about this in the comment section. Anyway, oh, Alden. It's not like his performance was miserable. It's just that you're going, I know what Han Solo is like, and he's like the coolest character ever, mm. and you're not really being him. You just don't have the charismatic chops to do it. And I feel like this is, you know, maybe sounds like... Uh, Donald Glover was the same thing. Yeah, just... Th- trying to be The character Lando. of Lando is, is really awesome, really charismatic, and really, like, dynamic. Even though it's only in the third act of that film, mm-hmm. he has a small arc in it, and it's like, is he good? Even from the moment that he shows up on the bridge of the, you know, the Cloud City, and you're like, oh, is he mad? Is he really mad? Is he not mad? Oh no, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Oh no, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. I know he's a good guy. And the way he's played seamlessly, and that you like feel sympathetic with him. You like yeah. him. You like him when he's uh, charming. You're mad at him, but you feel sympathetic for him because he's like, they got here before you, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you take even a great actor and say, be him. It's hard. It must yeah. be hard yeah. to do that. Apparently. It seemed like he was adding too much swagger to the role. From yeah, the but I think I, I agree with that. I think he was trying to be his less mature version. So like yeah, 10 years from now, we're going to see him in the way we love him. And he's going to have gone on more adventures and matured more and not be so, you know, cartoonish, I guess. He had some, he, they still both had some great moments. I feel like the film actually settles into a rhythm that feels like it's self-assured when they go to that mining planet and pull off the heist to get the fuel or whatever it is that they unrefine stuff that they want. Right, right. Uh, Where the robots start a revolution. Yeah, that that feels like a confident movie. Everything prior to that, to me, felt like, it's fine, I guess. Like the heist on the trains. 
Like uh, it was, it was pretty dazzling special effects, the way it was choreographed and everything. But I'm going, who are these people? Yeah, like, why are they? <laughs> why are we supposed to care that she's k- killing herself and sacrificing? Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. I haven't had a good look at this, this character. <laughs> Could she have done anything else? It was just kind of like, well, here they come. I guess I have to die. I guess that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd still be surprised they wiped so many of them out that early. Like we weren't even attached to them. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I understood like, why they killed the pilot so that uh, Han Solo could be the pilot. But I like that monkey guy. Yeah, John yeah, Favreau's little, you know, spider monkey guy. Was that Favreau? Yeah, it was Favreau, and he and he was great. But then they're playing his death like this big tragic thing. I'm like, oh, this Who? is the first clear shot I've seen of that yeah. alien. Right. Wait, well, what was his name? He's always oh, dead. Yeah. But once again, as was the case with Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, you can't deny that the advance, continuing advance in visual effects, makes some great set pieces in these movies. Yeah, the the set production is. As always astounding with yeah, these yeah. new Star Wars movies. And that they still are so committed, I'm sure just as fan service, to blending CG and practical effects. Even the, like, the first gambling scene with all those practical aliens around the table yeah. felt very yeah. classic Star Wars to me. Like Those are great designs, look awesome. It completely wiped the memory of that fat thing in Attack of the Clones <laughs> at the cafe, the diner. Oh, it yeah. comes to talk to <laughs> Obi-Wan. I feel like yeah. that's the one thing that we can continue to celebrate is these these people with set design, set production. We should be like just just celebrating them every single film and then saying, sorry, you had to make those puppets say those dumb things. <laughs> yeah. That singer was pretty cool, though, huh? Oh, yeah. For some reason, the yeah. sequence where they're in the Paul Bettany's like, Casino little flying ship, ship fancy ship. yacht. It's like yeah. a yacht. Uh, and there's like a head in a jar singing a solo. <laughs> Mike, Mike Jensen, who's on the show, couldn't get it together. He was dying. I just heard him beside me going. <laughs> and then every time you could see it like in a wide shot in the background. <laughs> he was losing it, man. Yeah. Then later on in the movie, he started laughing again. I leaned over. I was like, what? This is a gag like, from Futurama. That that's just that's a dumb Futurama thing. Yeah. Paul Bettany was good, though. Yeah, with his yeah, stretch mark, old stretch mark face. He's fine. He was uh, Doctor Stretch was, uh, Marks. <laughs> angry. He was a second choice. They had they had a different guy. That's right. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh, really? Somebody yeah. else was on. And set? He couldn't come back to do the eighty percent of the reshoots, so they had to recast the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Who was it? What a mess, man! We and don't know. No, it was. I don't know. No, I looked it up, and it was someone I didn't recognize. It was oh, like no a CG name. guy, right? It was, was going to be after all know. the after all this trouble. The Dagum movie didn't make the money they wanted it to make. How could it, man? It was like two movies. It was, yeah. It had to make so, so much like, money. Like $250 million to make it, right? And supposedly, what, is it just like 200 domestic? Something like that. But, but yeah, that, here's the thing. I just feel like you, you're making a Star Wars movie, like, you knock it down. Like, what, what's going on with these producers? Like, you've got the budget. Like, let's just do this right the first time out. Like, what are we doing Let's stay committed to it. Why are we having to go? Well, how far? I mean, like, easy for me to say. I don't work for a big, stu- the biggest studio ever. Well, let's talk about that. How do you how do you get so far into production before you realize? Never mind, these guys are the wrong choice. You know what I mean? Seems like a hasty hire yeah. to me. Bad casting. Yeah, because yeah, I, somehow th- they need to call Kevin Feige. And be like, what's your secret? Because somehow Marvel has this formula where they sit down with directors that seem like the weirdest choice ever. And they let these directors say, here's my idea. And to some of them, they go, nope, you don't get it. And to others, that to us, like the elf guy or, mm. you know, the guy who did Hunt for Wilder People, you want him to make a Thor movie? And they're like, he gets it. Let him make it. And they knock home run. They started yeah. with the elf guy. 
<laughs> yeah, they started <laughs> movie <laughs> one. All the money on the elf guy. <laughs> really hope it works out. Guys, you're like, what have you made? Community? Yeah, you Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, take this <laughs> giant one. Mm-hmm. It's and somehow they know they know how to find the scene. It seems like their decisions, other than J.J. Abrams, he was an obvious choice and a good one. But then Ryan Johnson, that would be a decision I would make. It's like he made Looper. He knows sure. how to do science good, good fiction. Yeah. He wants to bring some maturity and sophistication to the sequel, which is usually darker. And then obviously that went away that it went. Yeah. And then they're doing like all this. I don't know. It's just like. And then the, this is the second. Or then the, after they fired the Lego guys, they fired Colin Trevorrow from episode yeah. nine. Or That's right. Yeah, he was supposed to do it, wasn't he? I just hope they're not like yeah. compromised. If they don't stretch it out, it's just not going to. What the a fatigue's going to really, really set in. Because it already is starting to feel to it. And we, it shouldn't feel like that for Star Wars. It should be celebration. Yeah. yeah. Two in a year is too freaking Agreed. much. The the excitement in the theater just was not there for Solo. Nope. Yeah. It you know, had the laziest applause for the in a gal- you know, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't we like, see it on opening yeah. night, too? <laughs> yeah, it was like, sure did. Uh-huh. First it showing. Was, yeah. Lazy scatter yeah. of applause. Yeah, it just makes. But then you also think, well, did it just come out too soon after Last Jedi? Uh, but Which then again, also had mixed reactions. Yeah, but but uh, then again, like your Marvel movies, those are like every what six to ten months, something like that. Yeah, but know? there, in many of them, there's little to no crossover in the universe or story, and and when it is, it's done in such a way that you're like, oh, neat, you're learning something new. It's not like you want to know how Thor's hair is blonde. <laughs> Here's the movie. Yeah. yeah. You want to know where Thor so got his shoes? Like some mm-hmm. the new Thor movie is a straight up comedy and then you have the serious Captain America movies and then you have the middle ones and the tent poles. There's a lot of variety. There's just mm-hmm. Rogue One is the most variety we've had so far and it's rehashing the oldest possible story. Yeah. Story. That's why I feel like what works about Rogue One is much like the, you know, the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom phenomenon. Is you get this Screenplay that has problems is not necessarily the strongest story, but it has like a really strong direction. Visually, it's really strong. There are some clever elements to it. And overall, you just feel like, oh, it's refreshing, ironically, because it's the most tired story blowing up the Death Star or anything to do with the Death Star. Mm-hmm. But it ends up feeling something fresh. And I'm, I agree with Liam in that like the character development and the strength of the characters pales in comparison to something like Force Awakens where you have Rey and Finn and... Poe, those characters are much yeah. more likable. And, and it's a shame too, because when you see uh, like Lando and Han backing up together, sh- he throws in the the gun and everything. You get excited because yeah. you like really love those characters. And you're sure. like, oh, they're like becoming friends, and and it, there's not even a lot of screen time with them throughout the rest of the movies. But you get mm-hmm. attached for one a little, and then it's just not that great. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the robot? Because the robot has been the comedic relief in the last few. L3. Yeah. Well, robots have been the comedic relief, I guess, through the whole thing. I loved yeah. L3. I thought she was hilarious. I liked her. She was funny. Yeah. It's the 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 feminist, the, the robot's rights. Yeah, yeah. She reminded me of Hermione. I liked her. Uh, <laughs> From Harry Potter? Yeah. I like the design of it, too, because I imagine in the Star Wars universe, it's... Uh, I, I recall watching an extra feature on uh, Rogue One about the design of K2. Is it, was the, yeah. the yeah, great yeah. Niles Crane-style robot. Yeah, yeah that and, robot was great. And they were like saying how hard it is <laughs> to come up with something that will be iconic, memorable. You can always spot it, you know. And, you know, 
especially in a franchise where something like R2 is one of the most recognizable. Yeah. My kid who's four and has never seen a Star Wars movie will go to the store and be like, R2. And he, you know, he can no point way. to this pill shape yeah. and identify it. Uh, That's cute. And recognize the difference between that and BB-8 and all that stuff. Uh, so it must be really hard to come up with these designs. So I was kind of like uh, the L3 robot looked different in the Star Wars. It had kind of like a feminine physique. Yeah, they gave her hips, and she had a design that looked a little more like antiquated, like it was mm. kind of, which is you know part of the charm of the Star Wars universe is an advanced world with you know, like rugged kind of frontier equipment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it all feels pretty analog. Yeah, although it's story. it's far. It's far more complex than our own digital technology, but by their own standards, it feels analog. Yeah, but they couldn't yeah. figure out Wi-Fi, huh? <laughs> they, they can't get it going. Yeah. There's a lot of writing that's been done about how they think it's like the dark. A lot of people feel like it's the darkest moment in the Star Wars franchise that they imprison L3's consciousness inside the Millennium Falcon, right. the one robot who was most concerned with rights and freedom of robots, and they trap her. Yeah. yeah. Forever and the weight when uh, Lando right. loses it must be devastating for him because he ha- obviously had feelings for this robot. And now it's gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate was the convinced that they could have sex. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right, that was weird. <laughs> I appreciate the the thought they they put into um, the 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 thought they put into um, making the Millennium Falcon unique because there is a passing comment in the one of the past films about the system of the Millennium Falcon appearing uh, different than other systems. Isn't there one of the characters? Yeah, says, yeah, the says yeah, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar dialect. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought, oh, that's clever. Yeah, that's a great little... And then you said, oh, but poor L3. Right, <laughs> she's enslaved inside. She's in hell. <laughs> um, but I also appreciated the, uh, f- the forethought of... Of uh, the the Kals- what is it the Kessel Run Kessel Run yeah that was that from scene. Force Awakens they keep talking about the Kessel Run and then they finally get to it in the Solo yeah movie to tell you yeah, how we did a it good it was cool I like the big monster in there all that felt very Star Wars and even the like my favorite bit of exchange with Chewie and Han is when he says like however old Chewie is you're three hundred years old he's like you look great while he's like <laughs> driving the ship. It's mm-hmm. like that's that's fun Star Wars uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. But even them, their yeah. dynamic, it's like Chewbacca, we gotta come up with a nickname. Uh, oh my god, I didn't no need an don't. explanation <laughs> of the yeah. I just for figured Chewy? it's because that's the obvious nickname <laughs> yeah. for someone named Chewbacca. Why do we It's like this is William. What we need a nickname <laughs> for him. <laughs> how about <laughs> Willie? <laughs> what? I thought it was weird how they had to make the, the Millennium Falcon different looking with the escape pod on it. Yeah. Until I realized afterwards it's to sell toys. Oh. Oh, they want yeah. a different looking. It's you got to match it. There's yeah. a whole new Lego set and there's uh, all the different yeah. things. Yeah. Liam, how many of those do you have? How many Millennium Falcons do yeah. I have? Three. Okay. That's smart. Is they that got you. Answer? Yeah. Those merchandisers will come in. Dog on merchandisers. Got to yeah, change some. Stuff, man. That's a, this is a bummer, but that's part of the Jurassic Park franchise as well. The Indominus Rex was like, can't copyright Tyrannosaurus Rex. Anyone can make a toy that looks exactly like the one from the movie, but you can copyright a new dinosaur. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. You can copyright the new Millennium Falcon. Well, I guess they could always copyright it. Like, they need more money for Star Wars. So, Liam, as a guy who, like uh, the rest of us, enjoys Star Wars films, but particularly so. Yeah. 
Are you hopeful for the future of the Star Wars cinematic universe? Do you feel like we're heading toward another uh, eventual breakdown and then a coma that we'll have to wake up from years later? You know, I feel like this is like Solo, a Star Wars story is a wake up call to Kennedy and the franchise and Disney to be like, wait a second, we don't have, you know, a, you know, bulletproof vest on like we are you know it's possible to get shot and we just got shot with this movie like it's time to like unplug retool reset because we've got a lot invested in this disneyland star wars theme park like star wars is clearly not over but they need to be like all right let's get real with this we're not just throwing up dingers for search and cash like our our fan base is much older than at least like the MCU, although I mean you could go with like comic books, but like your Star Wars fans are have particular tastes and expectations, and oh, a higher class, huh? Mm-hmm, yeah. To be like, you know what? Like, we can't just make anything and draw. I think you know, you're right. Four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. It does seem dollars. like they were convinced that they could just they had like a license to print money, yeah. and in a sense they did, but then it got reckless. They're just like, let's make one every year, two in a year. This one will be about this. We'll line up this. We got this one coming, this Just one coming. And then it, finally yeah. they had a Cars 2 on their hands or a Cars on their hands. And they're like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. I uh, I feel like they're just they're looking in the wrong places for these Star Wars stories. I still think there's potential to them to to fill in the gaps of, of the history of the Star Wars storyline, at least the one, the one that we're familiar with. Um but they're just, they're focusing in the wrong places. They think that they wanted the, the world wanted a solo movie just because mm-hmm. they love Han Solo. I think everyone loves Han Solo because of the role he plays uniquely in the Star Wars story. I don't think True. anyone really needed more his origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rogue One works really well because you get a lot of history about um, about the rebellion and their role in in fighting um, the Empire. Uh, which is really what the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy is yeah. about. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. It's the rebellion versus the empires, good versus evil. And I feel like this this solo uh, storyline, though it was, it was clever and interesting, um, missed a huge opportunity to make a an origin story about the rebellion. Mm-hmm. There was just kind of a, a passing moment there at the climax of this film where Han Solo's funding these very interesting characters who show up out of nowhere and he gives them all the money so they can go fight whoever they were talking about that we know they eventually become the rebellion i would much rather see that movie do a rebellion origin story and then with new characters with all new characters those same people you cast that that girl that took the mask off we thought she was going to be a big deal and it ended up being nobody she just had that presence on set uh, as a as a character that we all thought she would be someone important but she wasn't mm-hmm. she was cool looking too she was very cool her her whole her whole thing was very tribe, cool yeah. and and a a rebellion origin story that included solo would have been a really good movie yeah i think i think you're absolutely right this when the star wars stories work they're to liam's credit about characters and those characters are set in a very traditional motif of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. If you ask anyone right now about the status of the stars, fan or not fan, 
who, whether they hate, liked or hated Last Jedi or Force Awakens, even now after the fan backlash of Last Jedi and the fan nitpicks of Force Awakens, I bet if you poll people, they will tell you the thing that they're most interested in and the current status of all Star Wars stuff would be like Kylo Ren and Rey. You know, like the thing right. that, like even in Last Jedi, uh, for all the nitpicks, I'm like, I what I most want to know about is like Kylo Ren and Rey and what, you know, goes on. I w- their stories are interesting because they're new characters that have an arc and they're yeah. set in this world that's really great. The world itself is not the dynamic thing. It's that no. these char- there's these fascinating characters that populate a really interesting world right. Right. Yeah. whether it's luke skywalker and han or ray and finn or poe these characters which is why i, like I think po. the force awakens yeah. got to skate <laughs> by rehashing a familiar storyline because it was populated almost entirely with new characters that you're like i like them i like them i like them i want to know mm-hmm. what happens to them and they're all new like no, I didn't, you know, like it was great that Luke Skywalker was almost absent from Force Awakens and that Han Solo was dispatched the way he was because you're like, that's fine. What what I'm interested in now is the future of this universe, mm-hmm. not like the past. Um, so I just I think that Tyler's right in saying they're looking in the wrong places to be like, how about what Obi-Wan did a long time ago? We're like, we already know all about Obi-Wan. I love Ewan McGregor. I, I'll, I'll be there to see that movie. Sure, yeah. But what I want to know is, like, do you have new interesting things to say in this universe with new interesting characters? It seems like there's uncharted territory still, even with things like The Force and stuff. But mm-hmm. for the love of God, did you guys read uh, G- George Lucas's unused pitch for a, the new trilogy? For the new? No. Uh, you didn't read bad. that thing? It was bad, yeah. He finally came out in an interview and they said, what was your idea? And his entire trilogy was based on this premise of a microscopic race of organism called the Wills. And the Wills ride midichlorians and direct them into uh, people they choose to become Jedis. So that he was going to take it all the way back onto a microscopic level of how the Star Wars universe could be explained. You want to do an Inside Out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Inside Out. So, should, so yeah, do another cartoon series. See what yeah. happens. But, <clears throat> but no, I agree. I think, like, like to your points, like, like we don't need an Obi Wan story, like a movie. Like, Star Wars isn't about all right, a Luke Skywalker story. It's not all about them so much but it's so much about the people that influence them and help them kind of guide their decisions and train them and it's always very interesting rather than i mean i like in in terms of solo like we like the the woody harrelson beckett character the kind of original gunslinger that yeah he was all right stuff it's kind of interesting i think it was more that we like woody harrelson <laughs> doesn't he's a true detective yeah war for the planet of the apes is great cheers yeah, yeah, yeah. cheers so. cheers yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I definitely will see whatever gets churned out next. But there's definitely huge opportunities that the franchise needs to take more seriously, and uh, and how they, you know, how you curate a story. The question is, you know, since they had the balls to dust off a character from the that not only exists exclusively in the prequels, as far as the cinematic universe is concerned, but also exclusively in the Phantom Menace, <laughs> of all things, even though, albeit, he's a, the one thing people liked about the Phantom Menace, how long before we can get Jar Jar back in this, <laughs> new, this new universe? He's still alive. Liam, can you give me your best Jar Jar impression? Um, yeah, I can. Hang on just a second. Stand. I really, I'd really rather do Boss Nass. I do Boston Yeah, that's good. Ooh, sadies. 
Hey, thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. If you're actually a fan of the show, then do us a huge favor and leave a nice review on iTunes or a five-star rating. You can also subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. Believe it or not, it is a valid way to support the show. Certainly someone out there has an intense opinion about Solo one way or the other. Did anyone love it, hate it, or is everyone kind of like us, shrugging their shoulders and going, it's all right, I guess. Leave a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com, and while you're there, enjoy the back catalog of more than 100 episodes of You Hate Movies. 